0: Are we ready to do this thing then? Icicles, bicycles, tricycles. yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm
1: waiting for you to start it. So, let's do the intro. Yeah. Uh, whose turn is it? It's Rose' turn. I do believe so. One take wonder.
2: All right, ready? Ben first, then you're in. Expert. No pressure. <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around it. My name's Rafe Blanford.
0: I'm Ben Smith. I'm Ewan McLeod.
2: This is Season 17, Episode 5, and this week we're talking about the AirPods Pro and Amazon's Echo Buds, phone hackers, and phone versus camera quality.
1: chaps how are you doing hello very well thank you ben good you're both very sprightly this evening i
0: couldn't hear what he said there he's not coming through very well
1: Raf blanford i am having a little trouble with the audio this evening mm. you and i are just sitting here with our <laughs> new high-end microphones and our pop filters and our yes boom arms and you're just shouting into a tin can are you or say something
2: say something yes but you probably can't hear me anyway pardon yeah i thought so Tin cans all the way. It's
0: really poor, isn't it, the quality? Dear me, I know.
2: Well, I concentrate on different kind of quality. <laughs> I just wanted to wind them up. Fair enough.
1: Ralph Blanford, you are in London this evening with all sorts of things. I am, yes. And you and McLeod coming to us live and direct from somewhere underground. Live
0: from Copenhagen. Hello. yeah,
1: Indeed, I'm in the basement. You're in your nuclear bunker <laughs> in your Copenhagen abode. Indeed, indeed. And I am in sunny, although it's dark outside Surrey. Yeah. So, welcome. We're all home this evening. And yeah. have you any news? Uh, no. No. Excellent. No. no Good pre show banter. Yes. Excellent. Well done, everyone. Good content. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah. Come to iTunes now and rate this podcast for five star mm. banter. Yes. Excellent. Well, shall we just um, crack on and talk Let's about get into the content it. then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's get into it. Mm. You sound like a dodgy YouTuber. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right then. First up this evening, timely as we record this on. Mm. Monday, the 28th of October, uh, AirPods Pro. How do you pluralize those, Rafe? AirPod Pros or AirPods Pro?
2: I think it's AirPods Pros. AirPods Pros. I wonder how many
1: Apple people have sorted as well. Because on the website, it says AirPods Pro. AirPods Pro. We'll go with that. We'll be compliant with the branding. Mm. They've been announced today, but we also wanted to talk about the Echo Buds as well, Indeed. Rafe Blanford. They are Amazon's effort.
2: They are, and I think it's part of a rising tide of these kind of in-ear buds that have some smartness to them of varying degrees. The AirPod Pro, interesting, because they're $249 and kind of following the footsteps of the two generations we've already had of the AirPods. Big thing here really is the kind of noise cancellation and the... Uh, pardon? ...firmer fit.
0: It's just my noise cancellation joke.
2: Uh, hmm.
0: What was that? I didn't hear your noise cancellation
1: joke. What was it? I just, I just said pardon. Oh doesn't get any fun here with repetition. Let's move swiftly on then. Let's move swiftly on. <laughs> so, Rev Lamford, you said 249 US dollars. Yeah. My AirPods were about 120 sterling, give or take, yep. I think, thereabouts. So what do I get for the extra 100 or so quid difference between the regular AirPods we see and the AirPods Pro? Because I have done literally zero research for this show.
2: Well, that's very lucky because I've also done very little research, but I'll give it a go. Well, I can tell you. You get magic like you've never heard before. Okay, you're reading the press release doesn't count as research. Yeah. Okay, so
0: they're water resistant. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And they've got noise cancel, well, some type of noise cancellation. Yeah, enough that it should make the three of us go, oh, let's pay the extra money. This is Apple doing a very smart move now in saying, okay, let's segment. You know, everyone and their dog now has, well, not everybody, but the uh, you know, AirPods, the originals. And then let's now make it different. Yeah, let, let's uh, go along to the right. And here's, we're going along to the right and down. Yes, yeah, how you buy Apple Kit, right?
1: On our pricing matrix, yep.
0: Exactly. So I would imagine you've already ordered yours then.
1: Well, actually, I saw the announcement and I did sort of in reflex, you know, head towards my phone. But actually, I've decided not to for the moment because I've got two sets of AirPods. I've got the original AirPods and I bought the new ones when they came out extensively because I right. wanted the wireless charging case yes. and the battery on my original AirPods was already beginning to go a bit. So I thought I'll, I'll end their life early mm-hmm. and I, I'll have a little bit of a, an eco crisis about that later. We won't address mm-hmm. that point now. And I upgraded and it, it, it was fine. But actually I sort of wish I'd held off because I think the AirPods Pro in terms of, I'm not going to use them for sport, but I do tend to use them for commuting and get you know the mm-hmm. rain and sweat and all that kind of stuff. And actually, I've also got some Sony XM1000Ws. I, m- I might have that model wrong, but basically mm. I have some of the Sony over-ear noise-cancelling headphones, which right. Rafe and I bought in Heathrow, I think, on the way to come and see you in Copenhagen. What? You did a his and hers? A his and hers. We skipped into Dixon's Tax-Free, arm-in-arm. What, you bought a
0: pair yourself at like, no, th- the same type.
1: I think I bought them and Rafe sort of tutted and muttered about being frugal and wasting (laughs) your money on toys but uh, essentially i've got those and i bought them on a bit of a whim but i am totally into noise cancelling headphones now they are transformative
0: are those the the wire cutter ones they're the best ones that the wire cutter
1: recommended i think certainly at the time they were i mean i think they've got some competition now from the new Bose model but they're absolutely brilliant they're great for traveling but they're brilliant on the train and i wear them a lot in the office now when i you know because i love open plan offices because you know you get to sort of Passive awareness of what's going on around you, but sometimes I've got to focus and Mm. there's not always a, a room I can go off and sit in on my own. So I pop those on and it's just silent and I love them. And actually, I do actually quite like in ear headphones just for the convenience. So I'm sold, but
2: $250, Rafe, that's a big step up. It's a big ask, isn't it? It is. But I think actually that's kind of the price level that the noise cancelling headphones are at. I mean, they've got the microphone built into them that does the usual thing with noise cancelling to kind of cancel out the ambient noise. But they've also built it into the AirPod form factor, so these are pretty small. So they're smaller than you typically get with the noise-canceling headphones. They have the usual things like the transparency mode, as they refer to, which lets you hear your surroundings while you're wearing them. They have the Force Sensor and the Hey Siri, which lets you control music and kind of activate that transparency mode. And Apple are promising that these are you know, a step up in audio quality. I think the other thing that's a big deal is they come with the kind of the silicon tips to help them fit into your ear. And for anyone who's used the original AirPods, they could be quite uncomfortable if you were wearing them for long periods of time, and it really depended on your ear shape and everything else like that. But this not only is arguably more comfortable, it gives a tighter fit, which is really important for that noise cancelling. Yeah, they've got wireless charging, like the second gen AirPods that Ben was talking about. I think the other big thing is being sweat and water resistant you're going to see a lot more of these in the gym so <laughs> i'm not
1: could you could see them in the i'm thing. not going to see them in the gym i can absolutely guarantee i won't see them in the gym <laughs>
2: yeah. there's an obvious kind of feature and price differentiation here like you say it's the 129 plays off kind of 249 but the sony headphones that you refer to i think it's the 1000 xm3s they cost 229 us dollars and those all translate into sterling in the way that you'd expect.
1: Yeah. They're about 195 sterling at the moment. I saw them on offer the other day. So, right, so yeah, $249
0: is 193 pounds. So Apple will go for what, one, 199?
2: Well, it'll be 209 or something. Yeah. T- yeah. yeah. But I think Apple is probably going to have another pretty big hit on their hands here. They're great Christmas presents, aren't they? Because, I
1: mean, whilst yeah. it's a lot of money, what do you buy? The Apple fan who has everything? You know, AirPods. Better ones. Yeah. Can we just go sideways and talk about Echo Buds, though? Because they have noise cancellation, as far as I know. And more importantly, they've got Alexa built Mm. in. Sorry, uh, anyone who's listening with an Alexa nearby. And I'm kind of a bit curious because form factor, design, integration with iOS, yeah, absolutely sold, you know, dead on. But for about half price, I can go and get the Amazon product which does quite a lot of the same stuff and i'm wondering whether or not the competition's caught up to the point where i might choose a non-apple product
0: no never that will never happen your name <laughs> is ben remember who you are welcome back in the room now back in the room sorry Ray. there you go he had a moment of weakness there
2: also i think these are at the 129 dollar yes yeah, so, price point. That? so That's they're so basically it, yeah. competing with the original airpods yeah, and while people talk pounds. about kind of noise cancellation, these are actually noise reduction and they kind of use that through the same Bose algorithms to reduce noise. So they're not really as effective as the full on noise sensing, but access to the Alexa assistant, which, depending on who you ask, has a kind of greater number of skills and certainly a greater amount of versatility. And for people who are kind of agnostic in their platform choice, I, not Ben and Ewan, then this might be an option that you want to consider. And if you've invested heavily in Alexa in your life elsewhere, whether that's in the car or in the home, it's kind of adding to the product set that Amazon has that you know has Echo in them. I think they've also done a reasonable job on the design. I was talking to someone who's actually tried a pair and they're saying, you know, good fit. But then there's a few misses, like the case is a little bit bigger the charging is via micro USB, not the wireless charging. So it's not quite as convenient. You know, there's that extra charger.
1: I've gone off them. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't really think they're competing with the AirPod Pro, but I do think that they would compete with some of the other. Or even just the standard AirPods. bud type headphones that have been coming out and, you know, Google's has its version. Yeah. Samsung's has its version. And then the Apple AirPods. And if you're invested in the Amazon ecosystem, these are going to be an interesting choice. But I think Apple has kind of stolen a bit of a march here for these in-ear or Bud-type headphones that have a bit of smartness built into them. And I, you know, talking about the original AirPods or the second generation, I do use the Siri feature for the occasional thing. I'd probably be more interested in having Alexa in it for buzz around the yeah. home, but I'm not sure these are an in-home product. So it'll be really interesting to see how these do. And I think it's fair to say Amazon isn't giving a massive push to them. It's kind of inviting people to sign up to buy them, and it's probably not going to be quite such a wide release. Nonetheless, it is kind of the arrival of kind of ambient, always on audio assistants in your ear. And I do think that's an interesting deal because it's sort of, again, an example of the kind of zero UI interface into delegation and automation. And, you know, these are kind of the forerunner of getting to glasses and things like that. But actually having access to a smart digital assistant in your ear, and these aren't quite all day every day but we're starting to edge in that direction and that's a move away from the smartphone form factor that has kind of dominated entry into digital for the last 10 years
0: can i ask you a question then i never use siri on the airpods i use the airpods a lot during the day for conference calls but never ever ever use siri because it always is it's absolutely poor there you are, i was going to use a naughty word but it's absolutely poor Every time I ask, it's not very good. It's you know, the Amazon technology or the Google technology is way better, way better. How do you use your AirPods or what, what do you use in the office?
2: I'm just using it for very simple commands and setting the odd timer and things like that. And I agree, you know, the assistants haven't kept up. But what's interesting to me is it feel like the hardware kind of has got to the point where it's very usable. Mm-hmm. And adding in that assistance is interesting.
1: Live correction, the UK price of the AirPods Pro will be £249. Oh, come on, come (sighs) on. I just checked the Apple Store now because they're live. And, of course, we ought to mention that I think at the time of recording, you know, um, standard disclaimers apply, that the Echo pods will only be available in the US Mm. at launch. So we don't have UK pricing on those, I don't think, yet. I'm just not sure I'm ready Mm. to spring for $249 after having... Pounds? Pounds? Yeah, 249 £249 after having bought the other AirPods. I wonder what the cheapest iPhone is. It doesn't matter to me, I don't. I'm that just, that, just, that's that's, just that doesn't concern us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay,
1: right. Certainly, I think, in the used market for 249 sterling. For example, I bought an iPhone 7 recently for a family member for just around 200 sterling. Good condition in the used market. What's
0: the cheapest iPad you can buy new? Now, this is a quiz. I think certainly $329 is the cheapest on the US site. $329. You buy an iPad.
1: If you include refurbs and Black Friday deals and that kind of stuff, I think probably high 200s will get you a very, very bottom of the range iPad. But if
0: you can go in and buy a new iPad, 10.2 Retina at $329. Yeah. Jeez.
1: But there again, I mean, the tech in these headsets, I mean, even the original AirPods is is very impressive. I just think this is true. This is true as an upgrade cycle for those of us who already have them it's a big ask and in some respect it might be interesting because I think everybody who really wants AirPods has probably already got some because they are you know, a huge seller anyways we will come mm. back to those I will, I'll let you know if I crack and buy some in the intervening time or yeah and we some. want
0: to know if anyone else has done the same what do you think yep. absolutely Please. well they'll yeah. be
1: shipping in two days as we record this so by the time this airs they will have been out so go immediately to 361podcast.com and in the box underneath this episode type in how you found them and whether or not you you had to pause and think about whether or not to spend that much money. Okay, moving on. We're going to talk about hacking now. We've done a, a bunch of security things recently. It's a mm. bit of a theme coming through. But I read a really interesting article on the Association of Computing Management website, which doesn't sound like the kind of place you go for massive lulls, but actually was uh, really quite interesting. It's called Keeping Up With The Phone Hackers. I'll put the link on the show notes. So go to 361podcast.com, find Season 17, Episode 5, and It'll be listed there. What was fascinating was something I didn't actually think was possible, Rafe. This is an article about how organised crime in the UK have discovered a way to doctor SIM cards and to use the built-in mechanisms in mobile phone networks to make voice calls over the control mechanism of the network instead. And well, that all sounds very complicated, but the upshot of that is that they can make voice calls but because it's not routed through the network in the normal way, it's not logged and tracked. So law enforcement agencies are having a terrible time trying to work out where these calls are coming from. And the article goes on to describe how, when they first noticed it, because the people making the calls were just scrambling the data, they were seeing either complete garbage numbers or they were seeing phone numbers from completely innocent, unrelated parties popping up. And effectively, criminals have discovered a way to mask their calls going across mobile phone networks. And that's put a big dent in law enforcement's ability to track these numbers. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating the extent to which they've had to put loads of resources into trying to understand the problem. The National Crime Agency in the UK, which I think is probably the closest equivalent to our FBI, has done a whole bunch of work on this. And I'm not going to read out the whole article, but it's been really fascinating and. It also goes to the five G conversation that we're having recently because this control infrastructure, these signalling channels, as they call them, which they use, are found in two G, three G and four G phones, but they're not found in five G networks. So it's almost as if It's just data, isn't it? That's the well, issue, right? It's just data, but it's hmm. almost as if obviously the organized criminals have got some, you know, some expertise and they've found a way to sort of exploit the bits of these standards that were forgotten about or not used, or only really used in mobile technology land. So they've been doling out these dumb phones, and then hacking the SIM cards to give completely anonymous calling. And it was absolutely fascinating.
2: Rafe, have you ever heard of this? I hadn't heard of this exact kind of implementation, but it does remind me that there's kind of been this ongoing arms race between criminals and the police. And it's probably worth pointing out that these so-called stealthums in theory, have some uses that are legitimate. And it's been pointed out that politicians or celebrities might use these to kind of avoid getting deluged by calls or whatever else. But as you kind of alluded to there, the interesting thing here is almost that it's incredibly technically sophisticated for the criminals to work out how to do this and requires a good understanding and knowledge of how mobile phone networks work and all the configuration required to do that. And so these, you know, stealth things, I mean, they've basically taken time to work out how to manipulate a SIM card and kind of give network access while remaining anonymous while it's going on. I'm sure we're going to see more of this because it just speaks to the increasing sophistication we were talking about, whisper, end-to-end encryption on WhatsApp and things like that. What's also interesting, though, is that the forensic scientists are finding out ways to counter this. You know, and actually, this was almost like a signal analysis thing—the solution to this particular one—and it kind of mirrors what gets talked about in James Bond or GCHQ. So, what's kind of interesting—it's almost democratizing the access to and using technology for unintended Mm. purposes—and then equally, when it coming back, and very few people are going to be, I think, aware of this. It's going to be of interest to kind of network geeks and people who follow kind of the security things closely, but. I kind of marvel at the sophistication of it, both in terms of it being exploited in the first place, and then the countermeasures to it. But it also speaks to the increasing complexity and sophistication of technology. People don't understand how it fully really works. And we were talking about, you know, whether it's right to have backdoors and things. It's obviously like you have these examples where it can be exploited, and it wasn't deliberate. It was more through, as you almost said it, that the sophistication, unintended kind of things that were left in or part of the specification that aren't being used and have a perfectly legitimate use and here you go you know so hacking is an interesting way to describe it because it's just exploiting kind of loopholes and standards that are already there you and I love the fact
1: here that you know we were talking in the last episode about how if intelligence agencies weren't given encryption keys to access data they would be able to find other ways to solve this problem mm. and i don't know if this proves the point but it certainly suggests that that's a skill that they're getting more adept at because the article goes on to describe how when they couldn't track these phone calls and they couldn't track the calling numbers, what they did was compare very precisely the start and stop time of lots and lots of calls between different parties. <laughs> and if you don't know who they're calling, but then you can find someone who always receives a call at that time. Exactly. Yes. At exactly the same time as the call being made, using metadata and enough volume of data gathered over oh, you time. You need a lot. You that's a data lake, isn't it? That's huge. But I'd say, actually, you need a lot of data, but actually only maybe if I call you five times in a row, mm-hmm. and every time I use my secret stealth phone, yeah. your phone always rings. By the third time, you're suspicious. By the fourth time, you're pretty convinced. By the fifth time, because nobody else's phone is consistently ringing at exactly the same time on the network. So there is a huge amount of data here that, if you have access to it, of course, that the metadata can give us. So it says here £900 for Mm. an altered SIM card. Mm. It's done on the black market. Would you pay £900 for an anonymous phone that nobody could track who you'd called? Oh,
0: that's a really interesting question. I quite like the data privacy angle. I think that yeah, but yeah, uh, no. I I wonder unless you're a politician or I think unless you have a very valid, like a, maybe a CEO of a bank or a big company. Like, I
1: think you're a journalist who needs to speak to people who need they need to keep safe.
0: Yeah, journalists. I think yeah, that I think is a valid. Otherwise, do you go too far in saying, even if you're doing it for perfectly normal, you know, purposes, aren't you putting your hand up and saying yes, but I might be doing something? Oh, I it's a difficult one because you could say, look. I use WhatsApp a lot, because it no, no, why do I use WhatsApp? I'm not going to use Telegram because I just don't want people sniffing and snooping. But then does that make you a target? Do you look as though you are
1: trying to hide something? It's fascinating because the article was saying um, how historically, when they were targeting drug dealers and things like that, the aim was to get a hold of their phone. And as soon as you had their phone and you knew their number, then you had all of the people they called of yep. their pattern, you could yep. pull their business apart. And so it's obviously for criminal purposes, it's been worth investing money in acquiring this capability. But I, I'm curious. I mean, you and I, historically, I think we talked to a company years ago called CellCrypt, I think, who mm-hmm. were selling kind of encrypted phones for people who wanted to protect their I remember that, calling. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that was just, and I'm just doing my bunny ears quotes here, I think that was just encrypting the call. It would still expose the number you'd called and everything. I don't yes. think it, it kept that part secure. It was like a sort of a VPN for your voice was mm-hmm. the, the understanding I always had. So I'm just wondering, I mean, you, you high flying executive, have you been given, you know, secure telephony or is that all a bit obsolete now with VoIP and a laptop? Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm sorry to say I haven't. Oh, I, I think, you shatter know, my illusions of your high flying. Well, let's career. just
0: pretend. I yeah. mean, I remember I brought an Amazon device, an Echo, into one of the executive floors and I, I just i deliberately didn't put it on. I, it was just a show. So, have you seen one of these? You know, and then I was being rather anal, you know, I actually took it outside you know, into the normal public area and then plugged it in. Because one does worry, right? And you I don't want to be the guy, oh, hey, that guy, did, I see, did you hear what he did? You know, so I think it's important to be sensitive, particularly, in you know, in commercial circles. But I think in the banking industry, you had BlackBerry and everybody just went, everybody trusted BlackBerry. And then I think eventually everyone just went, yeah, no, iPhone's all right, isn't
1: it? Dot, dot, dot. But it's interesting that there's tons of Android everywhere. But of course, even blackberry which i you know as you say i remember was very much you know the thing you had it was only ever protecting the data you know it was protecting the apps and and your your email was always your email it never really beyond being a device that was hard to access physically you know secured Mm -hmm. and encrypted it didn't actually protect your calls over the network because i think back at that point we still thought that mobile networks were sort of in some way secure trusted yes yes i'm going to link to this article it then links on to the actual sort of academic paper that's been written on this, which is uh, excitingly called Mobile Phone Call Data Obfuscation and Techniques for Call Correlation. But it actually, it's, it's much more readable than the name suggests. Mm. So do uh, go to 361podcast.com and have a bit of a read. It's fascinating. And unfortunately, they don't tell you where you can buy these SIM cards, which was disappointing because I was going <laughs> to ask you to buy one and we could review it. Okay, we should move on. We'll come back to that, actually, maybe in the future. I'd be fascinated to see if that story develops because mm. it's still quite current. Yes. And... Um, it says here, this paper has been developed from evidential reports. So some of these cases are still going through the courts. be interesting to see if that metadata is sufficient for prosecution. Hmm. Final one, you McLeod? Yes. Phones and cameras. Let's talk about phones and cameras.
0: I find it's an important one. We've got an SLR. We've had an SLR for ages and, of course, with the children. Just pause for a moment for the uninitiated SLR. Oh, I don't know. Structured uh, Lima. No. uh Calibration. No. Come on then, Smith. What's it stand for?
1: SLR means big camera. Big camera. Ray Flanford, what does SLR stand for? I'm not Googling it. I'm
2: having one of those blank moments. This is not good. Hey, Google. I can't connect to the Wi-Fi network. Oh, I need to, I need to fix I it. To it. Sorry. Check I'm... connection settings in the Google Home app. Oh,
0: jeez. All right, well, keep this in, Mark. You've got to keep this one in, right? Because none of them know. Blanford is meant to know everything.
1: <sighs> I've just Googled SLR and it's come up with a card.
0: Single lens reflex camera. I knew that. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Why I think this is a particularly important conversation is we have lots of photos of the children, as I'm sure you do, Ben, uh, or the child. We've got to stop calling Ray for that. You
2: know. <laughs> uh, it was so nice when we managed to do four episodes where everyone was nice to me. But it's nice to know we're back on form. Just a run up, Rafe.
0: <sighs> oh, you're good. Oh, we love you, Blanford. We love you. Right now, I always upgraded Hetty wife's iPhone immediately, and sometimes. You may not believe me. I actually prioritised her to make sure that she had the latest one. And that was because she's always taking pictures of the children. And I would say, oh, look, use the SLR. But of course, that's the one that's on the shelf. And the camera she always had has been the iPhone. And I remember she was taking photos with your iPhone 3, 3G. Was it maybe the 3G, then the 4, whatever corresponding to the age of the child, right? And those photos now are not that good. They aren't that good, right? But they were the best you could possibly get at that time. Yeah, either you had the photo and it was poor quality in retrospect, or you didn't have the photo because she wouldn't go and get the camera. You 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 bring it out for birthdays, basically. Sadly,
1: this is the best camera. Is the one you have with you? Right, exactly.
0: Yes, yeah. So we have some wonderful photos, but yeah, some of them I think, oh my god, the resolution is eight hundred pixels wide or something. But I'm pleased we've got the photo, but it's not ideal. What's really interesting more and more now i think with this latest iphone and with the latest pixel and the pixel 4 you know we are moving into territory whereby i think you know i don't feel as bad now about leaving the slr at home and what prompted me i, I wanted to know how you're getting on because i saw you i think you did a tweet saying i, I do you know, tweet sometimes you yeah. do now and again exactly yeah. sometimes it's interesting as well Ben, it's you know, nice <laughs> i'm like really good
1: come on we, we agreed to pick on blanford this evening come on.
0: <laughs> i have a special alert whenever you guys tweet and then the phone buzzes and then I have to look at nice.
1: it. You know. I've definitely got that set up for you as well. Definitely. Yeah. Are you, are you That's sure? definitely a thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Right. Okay, you promise. Okay. Yeah. But you were tweeting about the fact that you, did you take the, yeah, tell us what happened. Did you, did you take the SLR with you?
1: It was first day at school. Right. So I had the big camera, the SLR, I can't mm. remember what SLR stands for, but the big camera came out of the box on the bottom of the shelf in the back of the cupboard in the playroom. Yeah. yeah, Like literally took me 10 minutes to find and find a battery. The battery. And the shit, yeah, yeah. 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 And it was first day at school. We did photos outside the house. You know, it's just like the mm. usual family photos mm. of a big occasion. And I was looking back over them afterwards. And disappointingly, I would say, you know, of the good pictures I decided to keep, you take a thousand and then you go through and you
0: no, exactly, yeah, keep, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: the best ones. More of the ones I decided to keep came off the iPhone 11 than they did off the SLR. Now the SLR is about five, six years old. So it's not a brand new spanking one, but it's got a big sensor and it had a proper zoom lens on it and everything. But I think to the point where particularly for me as an amateur photographer, the focusing, the HDR, which is the dealing with the different bits of contrast Mm -hmm. in the picture, Mm -hmm. having it do a lot of work for me to like clean up all those silly mistakes. It's beginning to show, I think, and Rafe, I was thinking of you actually, because you go and I know you talk to puffins and you you look at sheep and and take photos
0: of concrete. <laughs> See in the wild. Instagram people. See Instagram. Yeah. yeah.
1: When you go out on your long nature rambles, do you bring special cameras with you, or is that all mobile phone stuff? Because it pains me to say it, but some of that landscape photography you did recently, I think when you were in Wales, like it's really stunning. It's beautiful.
2: It's a good question because I've spent more time than I care to remember writing about camera phones and kind of was writing about them when it was moving from the kind of uh, VGA of the oh, yeah. 7650 Ooh. up to the you know 41 megapixels or something like the Nokia 808. Uh-oh, we've verged straight back onto Nokia content. Yeah, yeah, I knew you got a Nokia mention in. Great, eh? <laughs> I now almost exclusively carry just an iPhone or an Android phone because you're able to get the decent results, particularly if you're just uploading to the web like Instagram. You are going to get good enough results, but I still do have a kind of high end happy snap camera mainly for the digital zoom because that's something that's only recently, and there are limitations on it you know, having the multiple cameras on the back of the phones and having a wide angle option and being able to fuse things together has got that, but actually, you still can't quite get to the kind of ten or twenty time zoom in most cases, obviously exceptions to that with things like Lumia ten twenty. But for puffing pictures, I still use a DSLR or kind of a, a relatively high-end kind of point-and-shoot camera. And that's you know great for me. But day-to-day, don't go away from anything else. And I think even in the last couple of years, there's been a noticeable difference. So if you're on something like an iPhone X and you go up to an iPhone 11 Pro, you will see the difference. There's been a couple of things that have been quite headline-grabbing. Apple actually today, as we're recording this, is just release deep fusion as part of iOS 13.2 and that's using kind of various machine learning and other software tricks to improve the sharpness. And it kind of does that by capturing frames at different exposures mm-hmm. and then merging them together. It's interesting because Apple have taken the approach of not letting you turn on this mode. It sort of uses deep fusion for kind of the mid level photography. And then it uses smart HDR when it's you know very bright conditions and night mode when it's dark. But it isn't something you activate, it just works out for you when to do it. And as a result, it does away with all the settings and that configuration that Ben was talking about having to do on a DSLR. Similarly, you've had the Pixel introduce kind of night sight and people were kind of a bit blown away by that, you know, the ability of the camera phone to almost see better than you can. And that was enabling you to take more photos in more situations. And that goes back to the kind of the camera that you have, or it's also the photo that you're able to capture without having to fiddle about. And so for me, I've now gone pretty much exclusively to using a camera phone because it gets me good enough results. And even, as you were saying, better than if I make an effort with a GSR. But the one exception is puffing pictures because you need a zoom. <laughs>
1: Professional photographers would probably say that they could do all of the sort of things that we're talking about you know, with a computer after the fact. So, you know, you shoot lots of photos and Mm. you get the best raw image that you possibly can and literally save it in a raw format out of the camera and then go back and do your processing afterwards. But of course, that's not a particularly consumer-friendly way of doing things. I feel like the computational photography, the cleverness that's now in the camera is what's making the difference because very few of us went home and edited our photos with any skill or clever tools beyond perhaps applying a filter or, you know, pressing the magic button in iPhoto to sort of brighten things up. In fact, the only thing really, Rafe, that upsets me with the iPhone, and I don't know the Pixel particularly, is the fake background blur that it does still feels a bit clumsy to me. Having that what's called depth of field, where the, the background is out of focus and the subject is in focus, mm. always sort of makes them look more professional. Pop, But the iPhone still is mostly faking that rather than using sort of optics to achieve that. That still feels a bit clumsy, but it's getting better at an alarming rate of knots, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I would agree with you. With all this computational photography, there is a boundary where sometimes it does over-processing. And this was always the kind of debate between the Samsung phones and the Nokia phones about, you know, would you be a purist and kind of want it as it was seen with the potential to do processing later? Or do you want it to kind of brighten, pop, and it go back to Kodak color and all the different film types? This is an ongoing debate but i can't help but agree with you that it just gets you better results I and mean, then if it's sitting on the phone it's then really easy to share it to get it to someone else yeah exactly upload it to instagram whatever you choose to do yeah and honestly i appreciate that this will horrify kind of camera purists and there's still absolutely you'll still get the amazing shots that you see kind of winning awards and things like that but you know you go to the campaign poster that apple and others have on the tube where they say shot on an iphone or mm-hmm. shot on a mm-hmm. galaxy s10 and frankly stunning, incredible pictures. And what that has done is kind of democratise the access and the ability to do that. So the majority of people now have a very capable camera sitting in their pocket. And we know that, you know, compared to the film era, that tens of billions of photos are being taken uh, probably every month at this point. There's been some figures guesstimated, you know, beyond anything that was there before.
1: I'm going to say it as well so that you don't have to. It's been really fascinating watching Apple and Samsung, amongst others, and I suppose Huawei to a certain extent as well, invent things that Nokia had already launched a long time in the past. Although, oddly, Rafe, uh, their business seems to be sustainable. So maybe Apple was there before all the other supporting bits of that ecosystem were ready to support (laughs) high-quality smartphone photography. But we'll hold that thought for another episode. So we're out of time. We're really fascinated to hear what you've got to say on those Mm. topics. Please tweet us at 361podcast on Twitter, or you can find us 361podcast.com and you can leave a comment under the show. We haven't had any iTunes reviews for a little while, so if you're in the mood... No pressure. ...please go to iTunes and... and mm. No pressure, no pressure. I mean, five-star iTunes reviews. I think the last iTunes review said about as regular as British trains, which made me laugh, Ooh, so...
0: Oh, that's good. That is a good one. Mm.
1: Go and be more sarcastic than the last commenter, please. Yes. And as always, we welcome your feedback. There's also a form there if you want to send us an email privately. Coming up in the rest of the season, we are still, uh, I've been putting it off. I have to confess now, we're halfway through. I have been putting off talking about the new Windows Surface devices. But, um, Rafe Blanford, your time is coming. You can explain to us why ARM-based chipsets are fascinating. But I am going to insist on <laughs> the fascinating part of that. Um, we're going to be talking about the Apple Card, scooters, apps, new home devices with Alexa built in, things like microwaves. Do you need smart devices like that? And we'll also be talking about the HomeKit home video solution, which is now rolling out the first UFI cameras uh, coming onto the market, which support Apple's HomeKit security monitoring solution. You are McLeod? Yeah, I
0: just wondering, are we doing the rub-rafe thing? No. Again, this season or not?
1: No. First of all, there was rub-rafe. Now, no. less oil. It'd be chafe-rafe. No.
0: <laughs> Listeners, please, would you tweet us or communicate?
1: We need the next rub-rafe.
0: I think we need another thing. Something about-rafe that is mildly annoying for him and perhaps acutely embarrassing can you give us some suggestions something like rub reef if you've been following us what season was that season 7 or 8
1: i don't know it feels a long time ago
0: i know or well, you could suggest something for euro or ben just saying no 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 it's just not as fun
1: i still remember the look on that lady's face as she rolled up to what she believed was be <laughs> a normal massage and faced with me with four microphones or some doshing around the room but don't worry i just need to pop a microphone under this table just do whatever you do. And she's like, well, what I would normally do is not microphones.
0: For new listeners, we should just explain, just before we, we finish, that this was where we were testing urban massage. Yes. I think is it now just called urban. I think, they, 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 think it is, yes, because yeah. they
1: do more stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah
0: so they, it was where, where we were testing these kind of services, like uh, delivery and so on, that we bring food to you or bring services to you. And we managed to say to the listeners, wouldn't it be cool, you know, if we did this and, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, if I don't know, Rafe got a massage? And it caught on. And it was a thing, and he actually, to his credit, he actually did. I think we said if we got over a hundred dollars of revenue, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, from sponsorship, the yeah, sponsorship,
1: and people were good to their name and they <laughs> ponied up, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. Rafe literally went hands on.
2: Yeah, it was a very lovely massage.
0: That was, and I, I speak to the Digitas here. That was before he was chief product officer. Mm. He is now chief product officer with Executive Hair. I think that we should probably try something else. So let's just see if there's any demand. Maybe not. Okay. Well, we'll have
1: a plan for special maybe at the
0: end of this season. That would be nice, or maybe the maybe the following season. Just so we can build it up a little mm-hmm. bit, don't we?
1: Excellent. Good Well, yeah. Content planning live on air. There you go. As ever, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, gents. Thank you, Ben. Lots of love, and we will be back in a fortnight. Bye bye. <laughs> Did I tell you, chaps? I spent three hundred quid on hiring a limo the other day. Go on and didn't come with the driver. Oh, dear. All that money and nothing to show for it.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh <God>. no. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, the thought of another massage or listening to Ben's jokes.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'm done. This keeps coming. Now,
1: really, I'm just wasting your time at this stage.
0: Right, thank you. <laughs> Can I
2: stop recording, though? No, just hang up. <laughs>